0: Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, here today again with my co-host, Patty Marbury of Finance Outreach and Compliance. Hi and we've got a guest with us today. Today we welcome Sarah Doran who is Chief of Staff of Student Financial Services.
1: Thank you, I'm happy to be here.
0: We're happy to have you in our recording studio slash collab 3. Sarah has been at the University for 32 years in a variety of roles and she's led a variety of teams and we've asked her here to have a conversation with us today about Vulnerability, <laughs> <laughs> And you, you may be thinking, huh, <laughs> does that mean like um, being really soft and nice and holding hands and patting people? And the answer is no. Um, one of the foremost voices in current thought about vulnerability is Brene Brown. You may have heard of her. We'll link to some of her stuff in the show notes. But Brene Brown had something interesting to say about vulnerability and that was that it was the most accurate measure of courage courage by definition she said is being extremely uncomfortable and vulnerable but the truth is if you heard if you saw the title of this before you clicked on it you may have thought ooh vulnerability um we don't necessarily like that idea why is that
2: well i I feel like vulnerability is implying a sense of weakness or something right i think that when we feel vulnerable we feel um, or we open to hurt, open to hurt, or yeah. defenseless, you know. So, I think that we have that k- kind of thought around the word vulnerable, right? Or somehow
1: you're not as good as you think you should be mm-hmm. because you're
2: vulnerable, and people are going to know that, right? Well, and, and we're talking about it today, yes, in the
0: context of work. So, yeah. vulnerability yeah. at work may sound counterintuitive <laughs> <Well>, as, <laughs> as a good thing. As a, yeah.
1: Especially as a as a manager or supervisor, you, you have this idea that you're supposed to always know the answers or mm-hmm. always be right mm-hmm. um, for the folks that report to you. And so it is scary sometimes as a manager to think, oh, I, I want them to see me as a leader. Yeah. But what does that really
0: mean? And you hear a lot of you know folks saying fake it till you make it and right. you know the idea that we're we have to kind of put on a face especially in leadership roles. And we're here today on the pod to say something incredibly different that we should think about striving for a, a level of vulnerability. So why is it important even that we are talking about this today. What what makes vulnerability a good trait in a manager?
1: Boy, that that is a, it's a great question. And some of the articles you're gonna to link to, I think really have some good information about that. A couple of things that I noticed um, about vulnerable leaders, uh, and especially in the business news daily, four ways to unmask vulnerability. It's really about being, um, Honest, authentic, that people can trust you. If you're not trustworthy, it doesn't matter what else you do. And in my experience with working at the university, the times that I have shared where I didn't do so well or um, where I admitted I didn't know something, but I said, let's go figure it out. People were much more willing than to be open with me as an employee to say, "I don't know something" or "I don't know how right. to do this" and ask for yeah. help.
2: Right, you're you're building a better, more secure environment for your team, to themselves say, "I need help" or right. "I don't really understand something." Um, if they feel you're a manager who has to prove that you know everything, right, just. I feel like this whole conversation imagine yourself in the in the seat of a person who is reporting to a manager who doesn't show any vulnerability and that you think that that person knows everything. It can be quite intimidating right And so then you don't have you don't trust that you can try something new or make a mistake because that person, hasn't you think they don't make mistakes they never do they never make a mistake
0: or or if you're not truly buying their the facade that they're putting up Mm -hmm. then I mean we I think what we have a good um internal meter a lot of us on sniffing out inauthenticity and we can tell when people are putting on a show and that in itself gives you a a bad feeling about being in a te- on a team with that person. And just the fact that you would act in a role, act as a person who doesn't have any vulnerability or feel like you needed to cover that up. That's exhausting for you because it's a role and it prevents you from having any real connection with your colleagues and the people on your right. team. Right. Because you can't show real parts of yourself. Now we are not talking about everybody holding hands and singing kumbaya. Yeah. We're going to talk about... Right. like sharing all our deep, dark. Right, pictures. no, right. no, right. No. Right. no, it's not a caring and sharing thing um, necessarily. We're not saying um, vulnerability is being soft and being nice. There are plenty of people who are really, really nice. Patty Betty was talking about this before we started recording, that she's known lots of really nice people who would... Um, Just, you know, yeah.
2: people that... That you see that they're nice and happy and, and, you know, up, high all the time. You know, they're it's everything's always great going. Right. You know, seems to be great, great, going for
0: them. They and act then, like Snow White, but they're actually the evil stepmother. Right.
2: <laughs> but the second you turn your back, you know, you're pulling a knife out of your back because they're not, they're not authentic. Right. And and I know that term is often used to authenticity and authentic leadership and things like that. But when you think about what does that mean, it just is real. Yeah, It means that you're a real person.
0: And I think the more time goes on, especially in the workplace, especially maybe even in academia where we have lots of jargon and lots of systems and lots of like big thoughts and big projects going on, I think sometimes we get caught up in a lot of things that don't feel real to us. Yeah, and we're starting to get a better meter for that kind of realness
2: I mean I think another thing about being authentic and being real is about you know what your values are and when, we, when we've seen some of the courses on authentic leadership it's about knowing what your values are and living them in your leadership and right. so um, and, not, and not trying to be the person who um, not trying to make people like you or not trying to Be seen as perfect, or or even be seen, worry about being seen as competent all the time. Right,
0: right. That that makes you inauthentic. So so, when we wanted, we knew we wanted to talk about this, and as often happens when we have a topic and we just aren't sure where to go with it for finance matters, um, I started asking around, hey, we want a colleague of mine, we want to do this podcast on um, vulnerability. Does anybody that we, who we work with pop to your mind? And a lot of people said Sarah, and that's why Sarah's here. And um, I, I already mentioned that Sarah has been here at UVA apparently since she was 12, okay. and yeah. that she has led a variety of teams and been in lots of leadership roles. And um, she, as we were talking before we started recording, she gave a great example that is exactly why she's a great person to join us for this conversation. If you don't mind talking about the mess up. The mess up. <laughs> sure, so when I,
1: was, when I was thinking about this and thinking about
0: well what, what
1: might make me vulnerable because I don't know why somebody suggested me but because it's hard to see yourself the way other people do but i started thinking about a situation where i was responsible for doing something that was going to impact a lot a bunch of students and i ha- i didn't do it i just flat out didn't do it and i i failed them miserably and my first reaction when i realized that i hadn't done what i said i was going to do was to figure out well what what was the reason what's what's the excuse that i can use how how can i Um, Make this all better and I I went through that in my head and realized well You could do that, but it wouldn't be true and What good is it to tell them some excuse? They just want the problem solved So I instead wrote a letter to this to share with all the students to explain that I had been responsible and I had just Messed up and I hadn't done what I had said I would do and then I gave them things that they could do to to compensate for what hadn't happened if they needed it immediately or what I was going to do to fix it in the long term. And I felt so much relief when I did that, I mean it was horrible, I had screwed up and I didn't want to admit that but it was the truth and the response that I got was not at all what I expected, I the response I got was from um, Pat Lankin who said I'm using this email as an example to our students to show them how you overcome making a mistake. I thought, wow, I that wasn't my intention, but that's really great if you feel like it was um, that that you understood what I was saying and felt like that was a good example. So there was a situation where I just completely messed up, but something really positive for me came out that yes, you still have to be Honest and have integrity in what you
0: do. So two things about that. Number one, we're planning a podcast soon about the value of failing. When we we are, yeah. yeah. We're going to have Sarah back.
1: (laughs) We we do. We tell our employees it's safe to fail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if we aren't yeah. failing ourselves and then sharing that we did that, how do they know they're really Yeah,
0: and safe? that's the second thing, is that you, what a great example to students who are at a tender part of their career when they're starting to think, okay, I'm getting some mastery of something, I'm starting to know how the world works, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do with the education I've received and what kind of professional I will be, and you are a well-known and respected person to them saying, or showing this is how, what you do when you make a mistake. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I, I think those... And it didn't feel good to send that email, did well, it? it didn't. But, but, but it was you said amazing. you had a sense, yeah. of, a sense of relief, of relief as yeah. that you I had. Did.
1: Because if I had said... Well, these are the excuses, right. and that's why it's somebody else's fault. Right. I would have still felt that anxiety. Well, and that other person having, who you
2: blamed, if it was an actual right. person, right. would know. So. that you know, right. you're, you're a leader so who's yeah. going to just push <laughs>
0: off your mistakes right.
2: on someone else. Right.
0: And, so it's, it's, and it's, vulnerability feels like it has the, I think that's neat, too, because it has a benefit for yourself when you're authentic. It does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: And I know the unintended consequences are the, the, the email that you got from Pat Lampkin who is, for people who may be outside of UVA, Pat She is um, vice president for student affairs. Right, so she's, you know, she's, she's a very important person. <laughs> <She> <laughs> if is. you're listening, Pat, we it's, think you're yes. a super big deal. Well, <laughs> and she's someone I have an incredible <laughs> amount of respect right. for. Right, and so to, to get that, that she actually, the, the, in, the consequence of what you did, yeah. actually created a huge amount of respect for you from her. And that wasn't something that you expected. Absolutely but, not. So what I was going to say is from the recipient of that, so not only Pat, because she, she saw the email, so she thought this, but the students as well. Imagine being the person who received that. And so you're not going to be angry or or, 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 or want to drive it home that that person made a mistake. What your, your reaction, I would imagine, and when I've seen that happen before, your reaction is more empathetic. Yeah. Right. And so you feel like, wow. They said they screwed up. What more can I do? Right. <laughs> right. And you're going to fix it. And you, yeah. And it's a positive feeling yeah. that you get rather yeah. than thinking, wow, she's just blaming somebody else for that. And, right. You know. Right. You, so that's a great example. I'm so glad you shared yeah. that because. That's exactly I think what we're getting at when we talk about. We're not saying that
0: that's the only thing. It's, oh, well, it's right. And so, speaking admitting mistakes. That, but that's a perfect segue, Patty. Like admitting your faults was one of four things that um, Sarah has already alluded to. That as we did our pre-work and research on to you know have our act together a little bit better for the podcast. We ha- she referenced an article that I'll link in the show notes from Business News Daily, and they identified four really solid ways that you can. Uh, Become more vulnerable to be a stronger leader and one of them was admitting to your faults Mm -hmm. and I think that's a a nice segue to maybe talk about a couple more of those Mm -hmm. The first one that they identify (laughs) that I think is that the foundation of all of it is confronting your Um, Mm self-doubts we're talking to a wide audience some of whom are managers but we make this point often that anybody can be in the position to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And no matter what role you're in, there's someone on your team or someone you work with who looks at you as an example of what to do or not to do. Right. And so these are good things to think about for anyone who's mm-hmm. listening, not just for people who maybe are in a position of power or leadership. Um, but we, we have such a, a long, Tradition in of our society, society, telling you like this is how you act if you work in a business environment. This is how you act if you work in the academic environment. And I think back to long ago and far away when I taught writing to beginning writing to college students. They the first few papers were often a study in this is how you write when you're yeah. in college, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and all the academies would. Completely obfuscate anything authentic and of, of value right. in the writing. Yeah. So, um, just getting to the root of everything is this whole idea that realizing that you're a you're a person person <laughs> you're person worth being authentic. <laughs> Your felt is very authentic. Yeah,
1: I and I think having worked here forever since I was twelve. Um, and having, um, positions where many of the people that, that were coming into the organization were brand new to the organization. And I remember back to when I was brand new to the organization and how you feel like you, you need to put on mm-hmm. a persona or you
0: need to prove your word. Project competence. And so
1: <laughs> I, you know, they hired me and when they, when they interviewed me, they asked me what I might change if I were in that position and so I'm going to come in and I'm going to tell them what to change because that's, that's what I think I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And um, What I've learned over the years is that the people that I tend to trust the most are ones who pay attention first, try to learn what's going on in the organization, maybe try to understand why the decisions were made that, that were made and then start to... Once I've been deemed as trustworthy, then start to make some suggestions, but not make it sound like all the people before me were stupid and incompetent. Because I've been in right. that position where right. somebody said, "Well, you know, what in the world were you thinking? Why was why was your department doing this?" and I, I had to say, well, I made that decision. To, <laughs> yeah, the longer you're around, you know, the more that happens. To, and, it, and it doesn't feel very good to have somebody who's just started. Maybe they have a lot of competence in whatever it is they're doing, but mm-hmm. you realize that everybody really is trying to do the best that they can do with what they have. So
0: we're adding a flip side to that, that um suggestion, one of those four ways to become a stronger leader through vulnerability, we're confronting our self-doubts, but we're also checking our assumptions. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, right. I mean, yes, you
1: can't confront your self-doubts to the point of making other people think, whoa, why are you even telling me? <laughs> right,
0: right, right. You also gave a good example before we started recording um, that speaks to another point that the authors of that article brought up as a, a good way to be more vulnerable as a leader which was confiding to your team or showing some real authentic authenticity to your team. Um, it was a good example and if you don't mind right. sharing that. Right. So this was an example of, of
1: my boss um, sharing with our team so um, I'll call him out. Steve is the, is the assistant vice president for student financial services and um, our office Processes all financial aid for need based financial aid for the university for our undergraduate students. And we have a fantastic financial aid program. And um, for those of you who work in higher ed, you know you don't do it because you're going to get rich working in higher ed. There's got to be some other reason. And we um, go through a lot of changes in our office all the time and recently, it's probably been a year now, but we were having an all staff meeting and Steve felt like it was important that he share his philosophy about our office and why we do what we do and and shared some experiences he had had uh, going through college and why he felt so strongly about what we do. And it was was a very moving um, discussion it was clear it was hard for him to share, he, and he doesn't often share personal things, but it was everyone in the room just suddenly saw a side of him that I, because I've worked with him forever, um, knew was there, but it was so impactful to the whole group that he was willing to be vulnerable and share that. And what a great role model for all of us who work for Steve and everyone else.
0: What do you think the, the results of him doing that work for the team?
1: Well, I think there were a few things. I think one of it was, oh, wow, okay, now we really have a clear vision of, of what we're trying to follow here. You know, his, his description of why he believes so passionately in what he does. But I think it helped people also think about why they come to work every day. Yeah, I mean, it really was, yeah. oh, wait, we, yeah. I, it's not that I'm just coming in and reading people's tax returns and determining, you know, what they can or can't have. This is about the people that we're serving,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the people we work with, and how we all interact, um, and what what's important to us. So it's inspiring. It it was. Right. It was. And you
0: don't get the inspiration without the authenticity and the vulnerability. Right. right. And right. that that was hard for Steve to do, mm-hmm. but it made a huge difference. It
2: did, right? it did, and, and it,
0: yeah, it Well, was... you feel a
2: personal connection. Right. And he had to share a personal story. Mm-hmm. If he had shared a story that wasn't, or was a hypothetical, Right. You're, right. you're not going to feel that connection. Right.
0: And Sarah and the team's response to what Steve did, what Steve did, in, in a moment of vulnerability Steve is gonna hate this if he listens to it we've said Steve about 800 times now and he's a very <laughs> self-effacing person but um, the what he what he did in a moment of being vulnerable you all perceived as courage yes as absolutely. putting yourself out there like what we were talking about right. at the beginning of the podcast so I think it's a great example and you were talking Patty before we started recording too about um, I can't remember the exact thing the lady from hubble yeah hubble
2: h-u-b-b-l
0: yeah Yeah, tell that one um
2: yeah it's i don't remember the specifics because i was trying to print out the article
0: and the printer Um, was not (laughs) cooperating
2: so and that is me blaming the printer and not myself (laughs) (laughs) definitely wasn't my fault it could have been user error but um so there was, there was a company, Hubble, that has something to do with, um, and we'll link the article yes. to the show notes. Um, the article was in the Harvard Business uh, Review in like, 2014 about this person who ran this company, Hubble, who was about to shut down. And it's a company that does something to do with internet um, advertising. So, not exactly sure, but they've been purchased by another
0: company. Not the um, telescope, at least. We know that. Yes, not the <laughs> telescope.
2: So, the company was about to shut down because they were losing money, and the um, CEO or the president of the company called everybody in and said, you know, they were going to have to lay every lay off everybody, or they were going to to shut, shut down the company. Not Probably not getting the specifics right, but they were... Um, having to lay off a bunch of people and the people said well what what can we do we don't want to be laid off obviously you know they want jobs and everything but it was more about continuing to support the leader and be there for her and they said we're willing to work at half our pay to stay in the company and what ended up happening is the company ended up being sold um, not too long later for like 15 million dollars so they that worked out financially. and it worked out for, <laughs> financially for everybody but the question was why did they follow the leader why did they right. want to be yeah. why were they willing to sacrifice half their pay to stay in this um company and it was because they they said they were asked you know why do you want to stay with the leader and they said because she treats us like a family and right. she she knows when our she knows who our kids are she knows when they're sick she knows you know she's a real person about us He's and authentic. shares yeah. in her personal struggles as well and was honest about the company right. failing and so um they were you know think of the inspiration that she inspired them to be willing to sacrifice right. you know life well, and or she, money to stay she with must
1: her. have been able to Real, really inspire the mission of uh-huh. their, whatever it was that they were doing Yeah, it, it had to have been a higher calling for them they, because, because they weren't going to do it it wasn't the money that right. was the first thing they believed thing. in what yeah. they were doing and who they yeah. were following
2: I think it didn't, had to do more with didn't who didn't than it was with what Yeah, that connection with her yeah. right, um, and so that was more important to them really than yeah. anything I mean, certainly they believed in the mission. Yeah. But at the same time they probably could have gone to work for another company. Sure. To, to do yeah, the same work. Yeah. To do the similar work. Yeah. And so at that moment in
0: time it was about her. her. And you know, that's yeah. a nice way to tie in the last uh, thing that the the business news daily article mentioned, you know, those four really practical things, was accepting help as a way yeah. to demonstrate vulnerability. But she could have said, no, 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 I won't let you do that, Right. you can't sacrifice yourself that way, but she accepted the help that they offered in order to make yeah. things continue to move forward, Yeah. and that probably only strengthened things their yeah. relationship and their and it strengthens
2: the whole bond of the team, yeah.
0: right? Because as they
2: go forward, they can always say, "Remember back when?" Right. You know, and the whole team is knowing that they've
0: been through a huge struggle together. Right. And that's a that's a large scale example of giving and receiving help. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just I think um, we also have a good boss, <laughs> <Yeah>. and
2: <laughs> Patty we, and I. We talk about Kelly a lot in the podcast. Too. I know. Kelly, so remember it. this. We're not
0: <laughs> no, not, we're just not just around evaluation. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, you know, a person who is like Kelly or you know other good bosses who are good at saying, "Hey, I have to get this done. Can, can you help me out? Make sure I, mm-hmm. I said this right." Um, that makes me more comfortable knowing that if I'm in a rush and trying to get something out the door. That I can say, hey, will you read over this? Will you make sure this is right? Yeah. Like acknowledging that we all need help. Need help can make mistakes. Like we right. can't do it alone. That's good. Well, the
2: other <laughs> thing that's great about an, a leader accepting help is that you're giving the benefit of to another person of giving help. Yeah, because it feels yeah. good, right? People well, like to be helpful. That's what
1: yeah. I was just thinking. Is that really as a person being asked to help? What's that saying? I trust you. Right. Right. And yeah. I, I believe that you can do this for right. me. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're sort of saying the opposite that, oh no, I I'm afraid you're gonna do it wrong, so I'm not gonna ask you to right. help me. And yeah. That, you know, delegating. It feels good aside, to be asked which we all struggle with right. delegating, but just that right. people feel really
0: good when you say, Hey, I need your help. It, yeah, it's yeah, it's a vote of confidence. It, it right. is. It, and it, it can is. be about anything, small or big. Yeah. You know, and as I sit here and look at these, um, confront your self-doubts, confide in your team, admit to your faults, and accept help. They're good suggestions. And I think the the one thing that comes to my mind as the reason why we don't do these things or why they feel uncomfortable to us is that we ha- we're hardwired to shield ourselves from criticism, mm-hmm. to yes. avoid, like we were talking about at the beginning of our conversation, to avoid potential wounding, <laughs> squishing. You know, when I think of the word vulnerable, I think of like a snail without a shell or something. Right. And that uh, that I think of slimy things. Um. A slug on the front of steps. <laughs> so squishable. Um, but that seems to be at the heart and. Um, When you read into stuff on vulnerability and you inevitably come to Brene Brown's work, you'll come across the fact that she was inspired by a quote from, and this makes me laugh that this is who the quote's from, is from Teddy Roosevelt, Mm -hmm. who who I don't think of as a vulnerable person, I think of as going bully. (laughs) Um, But Teddy Roosevelt gave a speech one time in Paris, one time in Paris in 1910, and I'll, I'll give you the basics of it, the quote that Um, inspired Brene and I think works for us too. It's called The Man in the Arena. I'll link to it. But he said, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, Yes. Bully. Yeah that's, right. yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's very inspiring. Yes. And I think that is a nice way to bookend our conversation when we, we come out with the the concept of vulnerability is courage. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to put yourself out there right. to do something right. important.
1: Right. And and to follow up on that, um, I think one of the other pieces that was really interesting to me with Brene was Whose criticism should you listen to? Uh-huh. So I think that's one of the biggest pieces that when we talk about not wanting to be criticized that we, that we forget is that not everybody else's opinion matters, uh-huh. right? <laughs> Isn't and that so, a great part of getting a little older? <laughs> so it, it is. And I think that may be part of, you know, as, as you do, you can be more settled in what you're doing and not feel like you have to prove yourself all the time, but you can go out and try to do something new and dangerous and, and exciting but she just talked about how you should really have um, the list of people who you care about their feedback on a one by one card so it's it pretty small very small um, it's only those people who love you and want what's best for you mm-hmm. and Essentially, everybody else, yes, you should listen to their criticism, but that you should not let that stop you from what you're doing. And, I, you know, that's sort of the opposite end of the vulnerability is understanding not everybody's
0: right. opinion matters. Right. You're not becoming a slug for everyone. <laughs> right.
2: Right. But one thing that's, that's
0: hard to think about with that is that
2: if you're a person who's early in your career, mm-hmm. that's really, really going to be hard to... Filter out that criticism and think about people whose opinions don't matter because almost everybody's opinion matters to you at that point, or you think it does. Right. And maybe rightfully it does. Right. Right. You know. So I would challenge that a little bit. Not that I don't agree with that. I think that's great. But I think people that are at their careers like we are, Mm -hmm. you're definitely more more at that. Feel comfortable.
1: You're able acknowledging that. that. You're able
2: Mm -hmm. able to discern that. If you're early in your career, I would say, still challenge yourself to filter out that criticism and think about, does it really matter? And also think about that in terms of, um, not in terms of your vulnerability. And so when you think about criticism, it's one of the reasons why we we are worried about vulnerability is that we don't know if we can accept that criticism and so that's where i think it comes in especially for younger people is to st- you still need to be vulnerable and yes. so yeah, do you don't, need don't to- have to have all right. the answers right, right. yeah you, you don't want to grow into a person who has to learn about being vulnerable to be to make them a better leader mm-hmm. you want to start out that way yeah and so i just think of you know that that one by one card it's still appropriate for people even early on, it's easier for us. Mm-hmm. But for them, they really need to think about that and think, okay, this criticism is something that I do need to yeah. listen to and pay yeah. attention to. Yeah. This isn't. And right. so I still need to be vulnerable and kind of learn yeah. how to
0: take all of that in. Yeah. 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 That sounds like almost another podcast. It, it yeah. probably is. So, so for today, I feel like we, we've covered a lot of ground. Was there anything that we didn't quite get to that you wanted to mention?
2: No, I, I think it's. I think we've. We I covered think it, a lot, covered it. This
0: has been an interesting um, subject to talk about, and as I said, it a nice companion to it will be um, a podcast coming up where we talk about explicitly in more detail failure, um, and I would just I'm going to tell you ahead of time we didn't choose the person um, who is our guest for the failure podcast because she's a failure. <laughs> <laughs> we're all beautiful failures and that's right. right um but anyway so for today thank you for joining us for this conversation about vulnerability you can always read more about what we're up to on the uva finance blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com. and if you're here at uva be sure and check us out in the jive community for lots of great professional development content if you've got an idea for a podcast or you know somebody cool like Sarah that we need to have a cool conversation with, please do let us know. You can email me. You can email Patty. You can tweet us at UVA underscore finance. Always are good ways. That's all for now. Until next time, do good work because what you're doing matters.